0: What if there was a place where wanting it all meant getting it too? New Cape Line sparkling cocktails are swooping in to transport you to a seriously delicious paradise. They come at you with all the flavor you want, nothing you don't. In margarita, hard strawberry lemonade, and blackberry mojito varieties. Plus, they're made with just six simple ingredients and nothing artificial. Welcome to having your cake and eating it, too. Head to capeline.com and find out where you can get your hands on the go-to drink of this summer. Welcome to Capeline. Celebrate responsibly. 2019 Capeline Beverages, Memphis, Tennessee.
1: You know, stretches things out a little bit longer and, and just not
0: direct answers, you know. but to what? The, well, the number one thing that I asked him is, you know, as far as his plans in the future, you know, if y'all did move forwards on this, you know, what was his goal in life? And, of course, it was the music industry, and I asked him
1: what his accomplishments were up to this point. And he was very proud of uh, the dog food jingle that he did. And
0: That's not what...
1: That's what he said he was, you know, proud of right
0: now. Hello! And welcome to Bachelor Party. Presented by Capeline. Proudly a part of The Ringer Podcast Network. I am Mallory Rubin, executive editor of TheRinger.com. Joining me today... I hope to help me pen a jingle, perhaps for cat food, because I am a cat owner. <laughs> it's Ringer Staff Writer, your beloved bachelorologist, and perhaps moving forward, a Better Bowl <laughs> enthusiast, Roger Sherman.
1: My dogs don't eat Better Better Bowl yet. Yet. <laughs> yes.
0: You
1: know, I try not to get too worked up about The Bachelor. It's a fun TV show mm-hmm. where dumb things happen. If Hannah picks Jed over Tyler, I'm oh. going to lose it. Oh, oh my. I'm going to lose it, man. Okay. Jed is so much <laughs> worse that we can talk about
0: it for the next hour. but I think we Jed- will. Tyler is so good, and Jed is so bad. You're visibly angry.
1: Yes, that's why we brought in cameras today. That's to right, capture to capture how, the like-
0: angst and the rage. Roger and I are here today filling in for Juliet Littman in the Ringer's windmill of content, <laughs> if you will. If you will. And uh, much like Hannah and Peter, we have, you know, four-ish things that we want to cover
1: today. Oh, wow. I didn't know where you were going with that.
0: (laughs) It's an adventure for us, just like for them. We are obviously going to be on your podcast feeds. We're live right now on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And tonight we will all watch Hannah's bachelorette journey conclude, hopefully with her picking Tyler, the Obvious and only correct choice, but potentially with her picking Jed? How is it even close? I, I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows.
1: What season of this show is Hannah watching? I
0: I, I can't answer these questions. There's no logical defense, and that's, that's one of the things we're going to get to. We are going to talk about Peter, who we said farewell to last Bye-bye night Pilot on e. part one of the two-part finale, as Chris Harrison would say. <laughs> Always
1: a two-part finale, which I didn't finale. know was a thing outside of... <laughs>
0: It's listen. There's there's so much drama, so many twists and turns. The most dramatic ever. You you can't fit it all in one night. Apparently,
1: uh, night two. He said we've never seen anything like it. Even he doesn't know what's going to happen, Roger. <laughs> he filmed it, and he has he has memory loss. There's it was lo- that crazy. Well, there's a
0: lot of live action, you That's know, true. both there last night and still action. to come tonight. So we're gonna we're gonna predominantly talk about what happened on night one. We're gonna talk about Peter, who sadly went home. We're gonna talk about Tyler, obviously, who. uh maybe in the least surprising turn of events in recorded human history, Hannah's family loved. Who among us? You know? We are going to talk about Jed at length. It's just a all-time Jed episode. And we're going to look ahead to night two of the finale, offer up some, maybe not predictions, but certainly hopes, dreams, and I think deep-seated fears. And we are going to... In the immortal words of Juliet Littman, batch. Let's batch. Let's do it. Let's start with Peter because, you know, the episode opened. Pilot
1: Pete, gone, flew off
0: into the sunset. <sighs> what an exit for Peter, though. I mean, for a guy who went home and was crushed and is clearly still despondent, it was about as positive of a couple hours as it could have been, both in the Grease segments And in the live show where we learned that Peter and Hannah actually had sex four times in the the famed windmill. There is no better
1: breakup scenario for a guy. I mean, being dumped and the woman is like, everything about him is wonderful and I could not stop having sex with him.
0: I will say there's one— flip side interpretation of that, which is I had sex with this guy four times and, and it was immediately terrible. broke up with him. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. The next know,
1: time they saw each other, it was over.
0: Open to interpretation. We're obviously going to discuss that a little bit more, but we opened live and got a few minutes of setup and then we're right back in Greece in the post-Luke exit shared celebration where for just a few moments before Peter, Tyler, and Jed remember that their enemies... Competing for the same woman. They're all like, oh my God, high five in Luke. Luke. He sucks. I'm so glad he's gone. Hannah crushed it. Hannah was such a badass. Of course, Tyler is, you know, among the the most complimentary of, of Hannah and her free and independent spirit. Wonderful to see. You love to see it. And then there's this moment where it all like sinks back in and they remember that one of them is about to go home. And the very palpable shift in their demeanors, their facial expressions, and the vibe when Chris Harrison comes out and moves—
1: He moved the table back.
0: The table back?
1: He moved the table back. Hysterical! That felt like when there's, like, a bad sequel to a movie and they still want to make a third movie. Mm -hmm. He just moved the table back and was like, actually, nothing happened. None of that ever—it's gone. We're moving forward. Luke was never here.
0: Did you think that that was Chris Harrison saying, this is clearly— This is my moment, you know, to get in here, get a little TRT, boost my TRT for the bachelor party pod tally. Or do you think that there was some recognition of the fact that the moving of the table was going (laughs) to be a thing when we see it previously from Hannah and that we want to continue, you know, much like Colton's fence and all of these other objects that have become a part of bachelor lore, reinforcing what had happened with the table the first time by moving it back helps etch it into our memories forever. Yeah, I mean, Chris Harrison
1: knows a moment when he sees it. It's true. He's 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 a pro. He most of his job is coming in and saying there is one rose left, which is completely unnecessary cuz we all can count one rose, <laughs> but when he sees a moment, he seizes it. He's he knows he knows how to make a make a good entrance.
0: He knows that there's there's drama. Right. There're dramatic finales, but to ensure that it's how do
1: you make it the most? That's his job every season.
0: The most dramatic finale. You got to move a table if the chance is there to move a table. Is that
1: just the Chris Harrison pronunciation
0: of? <laughs> That's how he says it, and it just it cracks me up every time. I, finale. I,
1: I say finale. Finale. I finale. also say. I also There's say, an say e finale. At the end.
0: Finale. <laughs> He,
1: he, yeah, he's really pulling out the Italian in it. <laughs> It's wonderful. He's, he's it's very, going back to the mother. He's
0: there's a finale. little bit of the uh, the theater scene in *Inglorious Bastards*. Uh, Antonio, you know,
1: he's yeah, finale. that's that's that's, the, <laughs> that's Chris Harrison pulling out all the stops. channeling
0: his inner Tarantino, maybe. So, Hannah gives the first rose to Jed, which I pff, I think we can all agree I is a
1: panicking,
0: tr- troubling sign yes. because it indicates she she is very. Very tortured, very torn up about some part of the decision that she's making. And when she gives Jed the first rose, it's clear that that, at least in this moment in the episode, is not the thing that she's unsure about. The thing that she's unsure about, the thing that now, if we think back to a couple weeks ago when she described how everything had changed for her in a day, that was clearly about Peter and Tyler. She gives, she gives the rose to Tyler. Thank the gods. But... That means that Peter goes home, which is crushing because Pilot Pete has also been a fan favorite. I mean, no one obviously can rise to the level of adoration that Tyler is currently enjoying, you know, the great unifying force in the world. And also, I'm not sure if we've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but very good looking young man.
1: He's attractive. I brought (laughs) extra water to spray you with in case you get too carried away I will say Tyler. you promised
0: that you would bring a bucket of ice and I, I do not see that and so I feel slightly unprepared for the journey to come. You know, we
1: don't have enough buckets around Ringer headquarters.
0: We also have a lot of exposed wiring in here, so
1: yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. find other
0: ways to to monitor my enthusiasm. But Peter is, is genuinely not only torn up, but shocked. He really did not think that he was going home. Mm. Hannah who I think is amazing, I think we agree, has had an incredible season and is awesome. I I would not say that she does a great job of explaining it to him in the moment and not a much better job of explaining it to him on the live show when they have their debrief. Tells him in the moment in Greece that he's perfect, (laughs) that there was nothing wrong, and then they share a absolutely wonderful moment where they are both... Clearly alluding to the windmill sex by making meaningful eyes at each other and talking about how amazing the week was. Which, getting back Could to only the point refer earlier, to one yeah, possible thing. Seems like they both really enjoyed it. They're still thinking of it quite fondly. Maybe they just had a great date. Yeah, that that they, seems they like what They enjoyed eating might have dinner
1: happened. in a random wow. hotel somewhere. That's what they were else. talking about.
0: When you started that <laughs> sentence. But we'll keep it family friendly. Peter says he regrets nothing. And then as Hannah is walking to the car, he begins.
1: Oh, the the waterworks. The waterworks to cry. come out. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's a huge moment for him. It's great. Uh you gotta cry if you want to be the next bachelor. Right. The tears have to come out.
0: We get the double tears from Peter. We get tears with Hannah, in front of Hannah, as they are embracing, as they are sharing their farewell. And then of course we get the the quintessential limo tears.
1: Yeah. And, the car tears. And I think, you know, if you're, if you just got dubbed the bachelor at, and you want to be the next bachelor, you've got to find it within you to somehow, I don't know, dabble water on your face, do something, <laughs> cause that's how you get there. He, he, he followed the roadmap well.
0: You can He's never, bringing
1: the plane in for the landing.
0: He is. You can never tell for sure, but it did seem. It did seem very sincere.
1: Of course, it does. But I have to analyze it as if <laughs> it's not. That's my job. It's all here. about the game plan for you. Yes, I, I'm a, I consider it. Like you said, you said bachelorologist, which yeah. implies that there's science to it. That's you right. You need the tears.
0: I like it. I will. I, I think it was basically a perfect exit for Peter. And this is before we even get to his so the performance four. at the, the live show, which is like instantly in the pantheon of. Bachelor live show moments. Just in Greece, he has Hannah reinforce basically that he's ideal husband material, right? He shows emotion. He shows vulnerability. He also shows charm. He's complimentary. Like he doesn't shift into, oh, well, she screwed me over. I'm resentful. I don't understand. He had decorum. He had poise. It was a perfect audition tape. And she...
1: Not only was the sex voluminous, but she compared it (laughs) to the Olympian gods. And that's all the Olympian gods did is have sex all the time. She's like, he was like Zeus and I was like Aphrodite, which is not necessarily a mythologically apt uh, (laughs) coupling. But having sex like a god is like a good thing to say about someone.
0: Yeah. Seems like the kind of compliment many people would like to receive. I think that, look, when in Greece, you know, make a Mount Olympus
1: yeah comp. No, no. I, I, I felt like, frankly, we it. did not
0: get nearly enough comparisons of Tyler and actual statues of Greek gods, but we'll save that for later, <laughs> <laughs> the Tyler segment. So to the live show we go, and we get a lot of time with Peter. Obviously, Jed and Tyler are not a part of the live show experience because they are Neither of them is eliminated, right? We should say that. We do not get a conclusion. We do not get Hannah's pick on night one. That's obviously going to be So it's an all-Peter
1: episode, you know, from that perspective.
0: Well, and Peter's family.
1: And Peter's family. (laughs) I I mean, I think we got some... I think the first sign that we're dealing with an interesting family here is if you go all the way back, Mm -hmm. Peter's telling Hannah about his family. He says, my mom saw my dad's butt. He's like, first of all, my mom who is a beauty queen by the way he mentions that first and then says my mom who is a beauty queen saw my dad she saw his butt and she was she knew that she was going to marry that man that's an interesting story to tell your child it's an interesting story for your child to like ingrain within themselves and it doesn't surprise me that when the four times yeah story comes apart this family is just it, so thrilled for their son who's bones like a god. They were like, they were like,
0: yeah! They were really so happy and so proud. It was like they had just watched him win an Olympic medal or something and I don't know what actually requires more stamina and exertion. Fucking four times in one night or like running a decathlon? I I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's, it makes him the most, <laughs> it makes him, yeah, the most athletic man in Bachelor history. I mean, it's like, they were like, oh honey, our kid is just Kid right. is just so good at boning.
0: They were, they were so proud. I mean, before the four the four times reveal, even just when there were like allusions to the sex, they were cheering, they were smiling, they were proud, they were whooping. You know, mom was mic'd up because we had a tender moment before that where she, you know, expressed how painful it is to watch her child go through this kind of suffering. We also Got the requisite, let's get, or at least attempt to get some closure conversation between Peter and Hannah. I I will say it seems clear that Peter is still in love with Hannah.
1: Yeah, that happens. And that's another thing you have to do if you want to be the next Bachelor.
0: Well, you need to walk that line, though, because you need to simultaneously show that your feelings aren't fleeting. Like, you're in this for a real connection with somebody.
1: For some sort of right reason.
0: But— that you have moved on to the point where you are then ready.
1: He doesn't have to be there yet. He's he's still on the right. He's got the Bachelor
0: in Paradise yeah. window still yeah. to, to continue to yeah. heal. Yeah. He asked Hannah for an explanation, basically. And she told him that through Fantasy Suites, she was sure he would be meeting her family. So, again, reinforcing the idea that he really was Final Two until she watched... Tyler walk away again after not sleeping with Tyler and decided that she wasn't ready, it was just shocking decided that she wasn't ready to say goodbye to Tyler reinforced again that nothing was wrong that Peter didn't do anything wrong Though she did say that she wished he had been more vocal about his feelings she said
1: and eh, that's she just needed to say something
0: you not expressing to me verbally how you felt? I thought she emphasized verbally, indicating clearly that he had expressed how he felt in other ways. Specifically, four times in a windmill.
1: I mean, let's go. Did, let, that,
0: legi- did that explanation seem legitimate to you at
1: all? No, it's just she had to say something. She had to, she, like, she had to base it in reasoning. She had like six months to come up with the. <laughs> that's that's the best she could come up with. I, it's fine. It, it, it was, He was
0: clearly smitten the whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean she. She. It seems like she's got a weird thing for Jed. And how could you eliminate Tyler? You had to get rid of Peter. And like, yeah. there, you had to explain it somehow. That and and let's let's come. You bring up the not having sex with Tyler before.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm harping on it.
1: You can't break up with Tyler if you haven't.
0: Well, though. So
1: that's the, this goes back to your theory. The thing, she though. already had sex with Peter, and she's like, okay, I got that out of the way. I don't need him anymore.
0: I obviously, I agree that it would be inconceivable (laughs) to say goodbye to Tyler without sleeping with him first. However, that is still on the table. Right now, that is still a possible outcome because Hannah and Tyler did not have sex in this episode despite rolling around together on, on, on a bed for a long stretch of time. And so if she picks Jed... That's presumably she it. Can't there's pick there's no other windows. She, she can't pick Jed.
1: She can't pick Jed. Well, I think she. I think she's saving the good stuff. I think I, that's.
0: I. I pray that you're right. I pray that you're right. We get the windmill reveal, with an assist from Chris Harrison, who brings it up by saying, "No one will ever look at a windmill the same." Correct. He's right. And they giggle. They laugh. Peter's parents are hooting. His brother is hooting. And then Hannah says. You know, she's got a confession to make, right? And there's this moment, I, I think, shared terror. Are we going to find out that the, what we thought about the windmill wasn't true? And it turns out that we are, but in a great way. Because she says, I mean, I will say, I was a little dishonest about something. Since it's out there. I did say there was something that Peter and I did twice. It was actually four times.
1: The other theory is that she didn't want to have sex with Tyler because she just had sex four times the previous night. Well, that's a quick turnaround to all of a sudden.
0: We don't know Hannah's personal preferences or stamina. We don't know how much time really passed. We don't actually know the order that the dates happened in.
1: We don't necessarily know what four times means, you know, like, you know.
0: So this this is one of the things I want to talk about. Let's try to keep this in check to the extent that we're capable of doing so. This is a very, uh, a moment of, of shared joy and euphoria. Everyone at home is laughing. Everybody in the audience is whooping. And
1: mom and dad are taking pictures. Peter's like,
0: parents look so proud. Our boy can our little boy four can go times all night. in one night. Just like us, honey. I mean, that was, that was the implication. Chris Harrison literally says, oh, dad, puffing his chest out like it's some sort of like genetic predisposition to be able to have sex four times in one night. Here's my take on this. If you're having, four, if you're having sex four times in one night, you are either extraordinarily good at it or exceptionally bad <laughs> at it and <laughs> need it all four times to get the desired outcome for Hannah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's throwing
0: it out there as a possibility.
1: He, yeah. Comment. Um. That's that's up there. He. You know. He. He. He was. He didn't know how to put a condom on. He was. He just had. No well, I don't idea know. Let's, let's not.
0: Let's not be smart, Peter's ability the, to yeah, practice he, safe sex because he carries a condom car, with yeah. him in his car.
1: Yeah. No. The There were like prolonged bouts of crying in between. We don't know. Maybe it could have been. Yeah.
0: Did it look like there was a lot of like ventilation in that room or, no, the, was, or the opportunity for hygiene and freshening up? Here's the other thing. Up?
1: The windmill a lot of questions. The windmill was literally a bed and like one foot at that foot of the bed. There was nothing in the room besides the bed. It's not like they could go like, hey, let's watch TV or like let's sit at a couch and like drink some wine. There was a bed. Am I remembering correctly
0: bed? that there was on another, maybe another level of the windmill? There was like a couch area and that was where they had the trunk of – snacks no, and no, prophylactics the tr- the or was the trunk tr- by the trunk the bed? was
1: by the bed at the foot okay. of the bed it their windmills are not not spacious but apparently extremely conducive cuz there's nothing else to do <laughs> once they close that door on you and you're stuck in the windmill for the next 12 hours it's just a uh, well you know we can talk about ancient greek architecture or we can get it on four times
0: maybe they did both who knows what kind of role play
1: was involved? <laughs> yeah, you be Zeus, I'll be Aphrodite. <laughs> yeah. Who
0: can say? Got to keep it fresh over the four times, even if you can't actually keep it fresh with like the aid of running water or anything of that nature.
1: I like have the feeling if you go to the Pete households, mm-hmm. which is like one mile from the Bachelor Mansion, they're they're gonna have like a framed picture of like him making out with Hannah, like Some sort of metal? aggressively make, yeah, <laughs> like they're they're like objectively like.
0: They were really proud.
1: If if there was, like, video, they would have, like, watched it as a family <laughs> and been like, oh, he's doing such a good job in there.
0: I love it. It's been a sex-positive season. This is a sex-positive family. It's great.
1: Shout out to half-Cuban people everywhere. <laughs> Those are my people.
0: Were you, were you surprised that Chris Harrison did not press Peter at all on the claims from his ex-girlfriend? I thought that that was going to come up Basically because Chris Harrison indicated on this very podcast that he – while he believed clearly that Peter had not done anything wrong or transgressed and that information that he had made him confident that everything here was okay, that it was still – while obviously nowhere near the caliber of the the storm around Jed had become something of a news story. This was not a thing.
1: I mean they – the Bachelor does not like yeah. that this world's They've created can now be altered from the outside. Right. I, I wasn't surprised that it didn't come up. No one else was taught. No one was. No one right. was talking about it.
0: And especially if Peter is a bachelor candidate. I mean, I guess on the one hand, you need to assess whether any kind of image rehabilitation is necessary. But it doesn't seem like Bachelor Nation has soured on Peter in any way. If anything, quite the contrary. So what do you? Where do you put Peter, Peter's bachelor prospects right now? With the obvious caveat that we don't know who Hannah is going to pick. There is. Literally no way, if she picks Tyler, that Jed is a contender for The Bachelor. That is that is impossible to even Yes.
1: First of all, because we hate him.
0: He is loved like everybody. By all. But, if she picks Jed, perish the thought. But if she picks Jed, Tyler would seem like one of the... Most formidable contenders in the history of the world. Then you have Peter. Then you have Mike. Those are three, like, all-time candidates. And then you have the prospect, which Chris Harrison mentioned on Bachelor Party last week, of somebody emerging from paradise.
1: I I just want to run this by you. Would you rather Tyler win this season because he deserves it? Or would you rather have another season where Tyler is the bachelor and gets to, you know, pick his his queen himself?
0: So— you pressed me on this a little bit in the office the other week. You forced me to look inward because you basically said, I don't understand why you'd want him to win this season because that would mean he couldn't be The Bachelor and thus you couldn't watch him on television for another season. That's a good and valid point. I I just cannot conceive of not picking Tyler.
1: It's a moral it it has to be him because that's it has to be him. Every like,
0: now and then, you, something happens in your life, or you witness something happen in somebody else's life that makes you question the very core of humanity. The
1: fiber of the universe <laughs> will tear itself apart. If Why are we dead. all
0: here? What is it for? Yes, it, and wh- not picking Tyler would be the kind of thing that made us ask those existential questions, right?
1: What like is the purpose of human love? if not picking Tyler here.
0: I, I don't know.
1: Sorry, we've we diverged We're from not Peter. We're the Tyler section. We've yet. diverged We're about from to be. Peter because, like...
0: Do you think Peter would be a good Bachelor and should Peter be the Bachelor?
1: Yeah, you know what I like about him? He's extremely bland. Mm-hmm. He's extremely bland. Um, uh, And that's very important in a Bachelor because, uh, basically, you just sit there and smile and nod and all this stuff happens around you and you have to just be completely, like like bland about it they love that i'm not saying i think it would probably be better if they picked an interesting person but historically they tend to choose people who are complete blank slates that can like just reflect all of the things happening around them and that's totally peter i don't know anything about him as a person besides he loves flying planes Mm -hmm. he loves the seattle seahawks and i only know that from instagram and he
0: bodes yeah he drives around with a condom in his car Refers his, to his car as my baby. And, and as a weed. Mercedes, <laughs> yeah. I
1: believe, right?
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think one of the best bachelors in recent years was Nick, and he certainly had a personality. Yeah. So there's a template there for saying, mm-hmm. like, someone who has a lot of energy and is willing to say what he thinks and is going to be a little bit divisive. Tyler is not divisive, though. He is, again, beloved by all.
1: He's a source of good in the world. He's an Unending here, fountain of. Okay,
0: I would love to see—here here it is. Here's, here's the answer to your question. I would love to watch Tyler on television for another season. I'm not sure that I could actually survive watching him be sexual with that many women. It's like—just thinking about it is so overwhelming. I don't want anything to soil the Tyler experience. It's been so pure and so beautiful, and I worry that prolonged exposure can only lead to disappointment. That's my reservation—
1: in addition to I, just I not think, being
0: able to understand how Hannah I think you've got to
1: choose the best possible thing. I think you've got you you can't try to shield yourself from disappointments. It's you've got You've got to get that
0: Tyler experience. Right. Thing. I shouldn't be afraid. Now, a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Whether or however you're listening to this podcast right now, you should take a moment and check out Stitcher. Those of you listening on Stitcher already get why. For those who don't know, Stitcher is a free podcast app for iPhone and Android. Stitcher is home to more than 260,000 podcasts, from favorites like Here to Make Friends or The Rewatchables to new hit shows such as Best Friends with Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda. And of course, your favorite, Bachelor Party. Stitcher also has smart recommendations and playlists so you can find new great shows and organize all of your current podcasts. If you're on your phone, download Stitcher for free. Right now, in the App Store, Play Store, or visit stitcherapp.com/bachelorparty to learn more. All right, let's let's move on to Tyler because we, uh, uh, shockingly, for the two of us, are off pace here. We're going to talk about all of the Tyler stuff from this episode together. So the the family visit, and then Tyler and Hannah's one on one time, and then we're going to get to Jed after. So the the big picture setup here, just for some context, is first of all, as as we stated that we have Tyler, a literal Greek god in Greece. Amazing setting. And that Hannah's family loved Tyler and hated Jed. Yes. That is the backdrop.
1: Yes. It's like I can't remember a final two where it, it was more clear that like everything went well with one person. Right. And there was no part of the Jed scenario that went well. The family date was bad. The their date itself was Awful. Caused her to like literally feel, vomit, literally vomit <laughs> from seasickness. And uh, like they spent the entire time in the room together just like worrying about things. And then Tyler is just like, You're doing great. You're perfect. Right. The family got along perfectly. Everything went well. They laughed, they smiled, they straddled each other.
0: Right. So Hannah's dad, Robert, mom, Suzanne. Wonderful
1: hair on Robert.
0: Fabulous. Uh, he. Credit to, to Jeff Chow like an, for pointing out that he looks like a hybrid of Rex Ryan and Mike Ditka.
1: I was going to say he looks like Alabama Gandalf.
0: Oh, interesting. Gandalf the gray or Gandalf the white?
1: I, I, I'm not from this world like you are. <laughs> I don't know the difference between those two things you just said. I just know that there's a movie where a guy with long white hair, and I'm imagining if that person yeah. liked Leonard Skinnerd, they would look like... <laughs> They would look like uh, Hannah's
0: dad. Quite a quite an episode for Hannah's dad, who, while he expressed some maybe c- concerning views on gender roles in the family household, also delivered uh, some astounding dunks on Jed, looked at Tyler with the, the love that we all feel, and really did deliver one of the best lines in Bachelor history, which we'll get to when we talk about Jed. But for Tyler, the... I thought the setup from Hannah to her family was fascinating. She, again, unsurprisingly, was really candid with them. Was not afraid to talk about the physical side of their relationship. Explained to them that she was worried about falling in lust with Tyler. That she had been worried about that. That's what was holding you know, her back. Same again, who <laughs> among us? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and she even mentions the fantasy suites to her family. And who knows, you know, how much was explicitly stated that we didn't see, but they, they got the picture. They understand clearly that these two have not been physical. well, they've been physically intimate because Hannah explains that they can't keep their hands off each other, but they have not actually had sex. They did not have sex. Peter's parents would be so
1: upset if they heard that. (laughs) They would be like,
0: oh, she didn't make love to my boy. One of the great things about this episode, honestly, was that we got all, both sides of the spectrum and everything in between. Celebrating choosing to be sexually active in your own life and also choosing not not to be, like, and all of that is fine depending on how you're feeling in a given moment and how you feel with a given person. It's, it's. This season has been such a breath of fresh air in that particular respect. The
1: the conversation about sex on The Bachelor has gotten in in one way weirder, but also a lot more like uh, accepting it. It used to be like, you get into those fantasy suites, you better have sex with that person.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is not to, like, let's never mention Luke again if we can help it. But that is one of the reasons that the Luke thing was so appalling. It would have been in a vacuum, of course, but... On a, compared to how progressive the rest of the conversation about Hannah's sex life had been, it was just like, really felt like it was from not only a different time, but a different universe. So Tyler comes in, he looks... Fucking great! He meets the family. Do we you have can, a water
1: gun that I can spray her with during this segment, just to keep her.
0: It was it, in uh, check? just a, like a nice polo shirt, those tight light gray pants. Interesting. Carrying himself with confidence, his hair, you know, freshly Stop groomed. It. He Stop was, it. He Stop! wonderful. Stop. Stop. Stop! Cool, calm, and collected.
1: You are not cool, calm, or collected right <laughs> now. And. You're sweating. <laughs> he
0: starts I am mean, sure I will be if I'm not yet. He starts telling them about his background. Hannah mentions dancing. And we're a oh, college this. football enthusiast, right? You're a college yes. football expert and you spend a lot of time covering it. We got an incredible moment where Tyler basically reveals that his dancing origin story is that his GPA was in the shitter, and Wake had to boost it, presumably, so that he could remain academically eligible to be on the team. Yeah. By making him stay for summer school and giving him Dancing classes, and he, then he fell in love.
1: The first thing he says to the mother of the woman who loves is, well, I got a D in econ, <laughs> and I got kicked, out, kicked of English out of English class.
0: That was tough.
1: But it made him a lover of the fine arts. It's true. It
0: speaks to a certain perseverance.
1: Yes. He he, he realized that you can also get a degree in dancing.
0: Listen, he contains multitudes, as we've said before, a man of many talents and interests. Very charming moment where <laughs> Hannah's mom asks if she's shown him her pirouette, and he's like, you have a, you have a pirouette? Just
1: yeah, like, he, seemed so like, he seemed like a little bit hurt that she hadn't shown him the pirouette, but also so fascinated to learn that they both had pirouettes. There's so
0: much more ahead for these two. Uh,
1: there is, if Hannah is smart and doesn't make the wrong decision. God! Anyway, moving on. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big celebrator of uh, BS college classes. They're wonderful. Everyone needs to take a few of them. Just a,
0: just a tremendous a <laughs> tremendous moment there for for Wake football. Tyler gets his one on one time with Hannah's mom. She asks him, in essence, about honesty and communication. The subtext and the overt text was: if you make a mistake one day, will you own it? Of course, I'll never make a
1: mistake. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> we hope. I thought this was interesting. Like what informed that line of questioning? Is it heartache that Hannah has experienced in the past? We have heard Hannah say that her parents don't communicate in their marriage in the way that she hopes and wants to communicate with her spouse one day. So it was interesting to kind of think based on what we know about Hannah and what we know about her family, what might be informing that line of questioning. There's also the possibility that much like Hannah's initial response to Tyler, they're looking at him and saying, oh, my God, you probably just walk down the street every day and, and literally everyone who looks at you wants to sleep with you. Are you prepared to deal with that for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah, mm, uh, You'd think it was a is it an adultery-themed question.
0: I, I don't know, but I think that there are many ways we can interpret it, all of which are interesting, and that regardless of what the motivation was, Tyler handled it with a plume. As always. <laughs> I love him. He's so hot. <laughs>
1: You're <laughs> falling back in your seat, giggling. Oh,
0: I'm trying to stay focused. It's so hard. So then— Nothing
1: went wrong with the parents, with, with Tyler. Right. Which, Tyler which, meets
0: the dad. And what is what does Hannah's dad ask Tyler about? The fantasy suites.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a nice conversation where he, he talks about respect and—
0: Wanting Hannah to be the mother of his children? Yes. And Hannah's dad leaves that conversation and says, Tyler seems to be the real deal. Both of her parents love him. They think he's respectful. They think that he's ready for marriage, ready to start this next phase of his life, and Hannah is obviously elated to hear this, relieved, certainly, and when she and Tyler have their debrief after the fact, she finally drops one of the many bachelor versions of the L word. She says, I know that I've been falling in love with you. I've been excited to tell you, and he just— he smiles. He does that little nostril flare that's so charming, and Jesus he says, "Christ,
1: the, you're noticing the nostril flares. Oh, how you're could marking you not? down the nostrils." Yeah, well, flare? that's
0: one of the things about his face is that he has like such Jesus sharp Christ. angles, so finely chiseled, and so your eye is drawn. You know, and some people, you're drawn to one feature, but Tyler is the feature, <laughs> so you have to assess every part of him. I take this seriously, Down just to the like nostrils, you. Oh, of huh? course. You'll now you'll notice it now that I've mentioned it.
1: I'll go back and I'll just be like, "Those are some sexy ass nostrils." <laughs> it's, it's great, I, I love it. Fondle he, the nostrils.
0: Tyler also like sniffs a fair amount, Jesus and as a, as someone who personally is afflicted with seasonal allergies, I, I'm like, you know, <laughs> maybe my guy needs a Claritin or something. Just my heart goes out to him.
1: Oh, I thought you were saying that the sniffling was like another thing that was like drawing you to him as like a think sexual being.
0: I think it's humanizing.
1: <laughs> it's humanizing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Tyler sniffs He's just got like the those rest sex of us.
1: Sniffles that just drive me <laughs> nuts.
0: I love him. Hannah has now told both Tyler and Chad that she's falling in love with them. So we got the yeah, Ben Higgins that happens. here. That we happens. got the Ben Higgins this season. We're we're like so used to it now that it doesn't even it feel happens. notable.
1: It when Ben did it, it was like, oh this is the new and normal. Now every single person does it. Yeah, it's it it's fine. It it's good drama. It Chris Harrison loves it.
0: It is wonderful. Finale. So in her ITM. Hannah is describing the evolution of her relationship with Tyler, and what words does she use? Surprising. She, How? I don't know. She says it snuck up on her very quickly, don't get it. and it does seem completely true that Hannah was just afraid to let herself fall for a guy that seems that perfect because no one is perfect, nothing is perfect, and. You're setting yourself up for potential heartache and disappointment. She also, you know, we heard her tell him, like, I thought you were a player. I look at you and I think you're a player. And it it took a while for her to really believe that this genuine, winning, charismatic—
1: Well, not at Wake Forest he wasn't winning, (laughs) but—
0: Is this where you cite his stat line against Florida State? He went
1: five for 19 with three interceptions. That's really bad, but— it's this is the same thing that you said about <laughs> not wanting him to be the bachelor. You're like, oh, I don't want it to be ruined. You can't think that way. You gotta go for it. Listen. And she's gotta go for Tyler. And if not, she's crazy. But also, if he falls, he must be the next bachelor. Moving on.
0: He he overcame the the stat line against <laughs> the Knowles. He switched positions. He went to FAU. He got his MBA. Uh-huh. Tyler finds a way, always. The one-on-one date that they have after the perfect family visit—they forced
1: him to ride horses again, even though he hates horses. But he loves her so much that he overcomes the horses.
0: So it's branded as a redo. Before we get to the horses, I, I just—I think we we owe it to ourselves and our listeners as as journalists, as objective journalists, observational journalists. You know, people who. Not only believe in data analysis and reporting, but in what are what we see with our eyes. Are you going to talk about he true. was wearing? He looked Jesus perfect Christ. in that outfit, Roger. How are
1: the nostrils?
0: <laughs> They're great. I don't understand <laughs> how Tyler, in a plain black t-shirt, skin tight jeans, and boots, looks better than any person in, like, full black tie royal regalia has ever looked. He looked flawless. Could what you am, spot a flaw?
1: What am I supposed to do while she does this? Am <laughs> I just supposed to sit here and let her go? Or am he I looked so one?
0: good. It took me so long to watch the episode because I kept pausing to just look at him. Both when I was watching the screener at work and then again at night when I watched the real episode with my husband. I just kept pausing. To and talk what, about how good Tyler
1: looked. What does your husband do when you do that?
0: He also thinks Tyler is an incredibly good-looking guy. Okay. He's also used to this. You've heard how I've talked about Jorah Mormont for years.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair.
0: <laughs> so Tyler looks great.
1: I'm not going to ask you to pick. Please don't. Thank but, you.
0: I appreciate that. The date, again, is presented as a redo. And it is also because because Tyler could not ride the horse, right? Couldn't get the horse near Hannah on the first the first horse riding date that they shared. And... It is obviously supposed to be, they, it is presented to the viewers as such and they perceive it as such. This is about overcoming obstacles, Roger. Mm-hmm. This is about proving that we can find a way through the challenges that life throws at us. I perceive this as a not so subtle sexual metaphor. Like, just write it. That was how I, I thought it played. No? Yes? There's,
1: there's subtle genuine vibes <laughs> going on here.
0: It just felt like a very loaded metaphor to me.
1: Anyway, I need um, you to
0: I need you to rest your musical vocal cords until we get to the Better Bowl jingle.
1: No, please pace okay, yourself. Okay, yes. <laughs> um, I I mean I think it's unfair if this person says he hates horses. Yeah,
0: he, he really doesn't like. He them.
1: doesn't like horses. He's like, afraid. It, stop putting him in front of horses. He doesn't deserve this, but yet he handles it as you said with a plume, which yes. honestly is not how I thought that word was pronounced.
0: He. Had a wonderful moment where he was describing how he was trying to bond with the horse, you know, before he mounted it again, taking things slow.
1: He has respect for every living thing. He
0: does. It's so beautiful. What a pure and gentle soul.
1: (laughs) I think that we need to like rig up a system where we shock Mal with small amounts of electricity every time she starts talking about Tyler.
0: I really thought I got some of this out of my system last night when I was texting Juliet and Jason Gallagher, but apparently that was not the case. When they're talking about the family visit, and Hannah tells Tyler how well it went, how much her family loved him. What does he do?
1: He lights up, right? He's like.
0: He he does light up, but what does he do specifically? He credits her.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. says,
0: You've just pushed me to such a level that I've never been to. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
1: You see, I, this is one of my favorite people to be on The Bachelor in years. I think he's one of the best contestants ever. He yeah. seems like a perfect guy off the show. Yeah. But it's still just incredible just watching you just completely <laughs> lose all sense of self.
0: We got a couple Tyler speeches in this episode. One of them we get. He's so here. good at giving
1: speeches. Like, how is he coming up with this stuff off the cuff?
0: It's incredible, especially again, in contrast to Jed, who, um, I was going to say no shade of Jed, but like all shade, full shade. Can't really form an intelligible sentence. Every
1: good thing that happens to Tyler is also like by definition, another sign that he's better than Jed and, like, it's not a close competition between them. You don't have to feel bad about saying no shade to Jed when it is, the choice here is Tyler and Jed. You're right. And, like, he just surpasses him in every way.
0: One of my personal beliefs and philosophies is that life is, it's not about binaries. But with Tyler and Jed, it it kind of is. It's really just one is here and one is here.
1: It's, it's a a really good versus evil thing that, uh we'll see how it—we'll see whether she goes to the dark side or not.
0: So here's Tyler's first rousing, emotional speech of the evening. He says— You wrote it down so you could get it tattooed on you later. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> I'm with you. And I don't want to be anywhere else. There's nothing I've ever wanted more. Just to look at you and, like— be here. He's so in the moment. <laughs> Wherever we are, though, we could be in a little apartment trying to argue about the paint we're putting on the walls. I just want to be there. I would like to ask you to imagine a life where you get to argue with Tyler about the paint you're putting on your walls.
1: That's and And he's a contractor. He's very experienced, presumably, in house building and house... <laughs> this is his field. This is his happy place.
0: It's true. It's, it's true. It's, it
1: was such a. How did he come up with that as like the perfect? It, it was such a sweet moment to choose out of like an entire. You know, normally people would have said like bringing our kids to school on the first day. Well, or. he.
0: We do get that from him though. So let's let's take both speeches into account together because when we shift to the evening portion, which is at Tyler's pad. He wants to talk about the future. He says, we can be kick-ass in our marriage. I, that,
1: was, that, was a, that was a good quote. That was a good, that's another, My another tattoo. My man is a
0: modern-day poet. We can be kick-ass in our marriage is iconic. And he names their first child, right? When he's talking about the future, he says, Timmy? little Timmy.
1: <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> little Timmy. You know, that, that is a little bit presumptuous. I, I will say, like, it's sweet that he's thinking about it that way, but— Uh, People have very strong child naming opinions. Maybe Hannah doesn't want a Timmy.
0: I viewed it as, I'm just showing you how serious I am about our future that I'm already thinking about the children that I want to have with you. But girl, girl, if you don't like the name Timmy, that's fine. You tell me what name you do like.
1: He's willing to compromise on the paint on the house. Presumably he can compromise on Timmy.
0: That's exactly right. So then we get the next speech. Another seemingly completely organic, off-the-dome declaration of love and intent. Who is... This one is almost too much. These feelings. I don't ever want to lose them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't ever want to let go of them. I want to cherish them forever because you make me the happiest I've ever been, and I don't see that changing. And then we segue pretty quickly to Hannah saying to the camera that Tyler is perfect, and she is not wrong.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean... He's very, it's incredibly good at speaking. I noticed this earlier in the season when he told Cam, we need rules on The Bachelor because otherwise we'd be like a first grade right. uh, soccer game. That's right. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's such an apt metaphor. Mm-hmm. That's perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. He's and insightful.
1: He's insightful. He understands he's, human nature. He's He's got wisdom behind those perfect nostrils of his. <laughs> Did you hear that squeal? <laughs> That was a squeal. That was an actual squeal.
0: It was more of like a shriek, but oh, that, that, oh come I, on! It was a
1: squeal of laughter.
0: I'm sure Tyler has made many women squeal over the course of his life. Jesus I have no Christ. doubt. Perfect segue. We then go up to bed with them. They again, and I can't. I can't really express adequately enough how shocking this is. They do not fuck. But they roll around together a lot. They make out. They seem very passionate. They and love
1: I, rolling around. They're huge rolling around
0: fans. I would like to, to issue one of Tyler's first demerits of this experience. Really? Shoes in bed.
1: Yeah, but they, they were so passionate that he no. didn't have time to take the shoes off. No.
0: I don't care that it's not actually his home and that it's just It's a hotel
1: you're allowed to.
0: Reprehensible.
1: Well, that I've, I've still never forgiven— Uh, On last season, Colton claimed that he was a little bit OCD and then brought his shoes into bed, which is like, that's. I thought
0: you were going to bring up his clearly fake apartment that he pretended was his. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. They had like (laughs) generic (laughs) pictures of dogs that weren't the same breed as his dogs. incredible
0: stuff. Incredible stuff. When Hannah is leaving, she says, Tyler makes me feel so special and so loved. I don't want him to let go of me. I could see being in his arms forever.
1: I feel like one problem here is you're getting really hung up on how perfect Tyler is. Yeah, which is important, but, but we should we be also, focusing on. How we also awful need to Jed talk is. about how awful Jed is. Because let's like, move on.
0: Let's move on to Jed. You're right. It's time. It's time. One of the get what, out the spoons and eat some better bowl.
1: <laughs> one of it's like truly one of the most impressively bad final impressions that you could like leave on someone yeah the the part with the parents goes horribly it's not just that he's a struggling artist he's in his 20s that happens uh he he's not really good at defending any part of his life Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh he doesn't do a good job of like in, in like reassuring them or like telling them how much he loves her. He gets very caught up in trying to defend this and fails completely. Yeah. He spends the entire date with Hannah like, oh, I'm just so bummed that you could break up with me tomorrow. Which is like, yeah. which is like, that's not how you should be trying. That shouldn't be your final impression. You should be making the argument not to do that, not being like, I'm so worried that.
0: Right. Okay, so let's actually, before we go play by play here with Jed, let's let's pan back for a minute because, I think one thing that is, is sincerely different about this season is that even, you know, given how much we love Tyler, even given how fond we are of Peter, we have not spent a ton of time with Hannah and any of the guys that she might end up with because of the Luke, the Luke P. Yes. near season long edit. Was there a moment entering the finale? Finale. And I will ask you if you can try as a thought experiment to push out of your mind everything that you know about Jed in the real world. I've tried since, to do that.
1: I try to, I try to ignore that. Was there that. a
0: moment where you thought, I wonder if there's enough time left on the two-part finale for Jed to win us over or at least for us to understand what Hannah sees in him? Or did it just seem impossible? He's
1: never seemed interested in doing that. He he right. spent most of the previous date, also, uh, the previous date during the Fantasy Suites episode, he spent mainly like, you gotta get rid of Luke.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um... When they were at his hometown, the date before that, uh, it was mainly his family telling Hannah, this seems like a bad idea. Right. It's been like a parade of bad experiences that they've had together. And like everyone is very negative, including Jed, most of all. Yes. It's like, it's it's baffling to see the the juxtaposition because Tyler is so positive about everything and mm-hmm. Jed is so negative about everything.
0: Yeah, he's very insecure and he needs a lot of affirmation. And when he doesn't get it and feel like it's the main priority of the other person to give that affirmation to him, he he crumbles. He falls apart.
1: Whereas Tyler is an affirmation machine, <laughs> nonstop. You are my wonderful queen uh, and every decision you make is the right one and I stand by you.
0: Yeah, that is a that contrast between them is stupid dark. Really stark and you felt it a lot in this episode. And yet despite all that the initial note when Jed is about to meet Hannah's family is her telling her family, who again has already met Tyler at this point. Tyler's family visit happened first. She tells them that she's nervous just because, you know, the whole scenario it's about time for her to make a decision. But she also says that Jed, quote, has been the one from the very beginning that I was just like this person fits in my life. I've I found that like fairly shocking despite the amount of time that we have seen with Hannah and Jed where clearly she's into him. Like she's obviously been into him the whole time. She confessed her feelings to him pretty early on while they were uh, in a very intimate moment in bed with just just the two of them and Jed's guitar.
1: As always. <laughs> Stunning that he didn't bring the guitar to Greece or I do find think, another guitar. I do How think did he find that guitar in Latvia? We never got that clarification. Anyway, moving clearly
0: on. Clearly part of why he was so unmoored in this episode. He didn't have the anchor of, of his guitar in there his There were hands. no
1: musical instruments anywhere. He was like trying to find some sort of stray ukulele.
0: <laughs> did not stop him from bringing up music in the family meeting they, within –
1: 12 seconds? 12 seconds.
0: Maybe 18 if we're being charitable. So
1: what's your future like? Well, as a musician...
0: Their huh. facial expressions. Like, we only really spend time with Hannah's father and mother in this episode, but everyone who was on that couch was, like, seemingly mortified by how he was presenting this right off the bat. And then he says to the family, I have the best intentions, the most pure intentions on watching after her and loving her through everything, which... We just, we know is not true. And again, not only because of what we've learned about Jed since. But what he because said he, on this season. Right. He literally told Hannah on this show that that was not true. Now, could he have developed sincere feelings since then? Possibly. Could he have deluded himself into thinking that he's developed sincere feelings? Maybe. But on this season of this television show, Jed said out loud with cameras around them to Hannah's face that he came on this television show for his career. So to then say that he has pure intentions is fucking bullshit, and I can't stand this guy.
1: We know that there's at least a part of him who, rationally, and very rationally, if you're a musician and you're on The Bachelorette, that's huge. You know that there's a part of him that that needs that in his life, that needs to use this as a platform.
0: Yes, which we have probably never felt more keenly than we did tonight. We have arrived at long last— at the dog food jingle moment,
1: the dog food jingle moment is like a, an iconic instant.
0: Where does it classic. rate? Where does it rate for you in I, Bachelor history? You know, it's it's honestly,
1: I, I like, I do feel a little bit for Jed because I'm a writer. My girlfriend is a sculptor. Where it's it's hard to find jobs mm-hmm. in the arts. Yeah, you've got to do things to make ends meet. Jed, for example, takes his shirt off for bachelorette <laughs> parties in Nashville.
0: Right, which is fine.
1: And he's proud that he's found his first job. He found his first job. But the way he phrases it specifically is, <laughs> my most major accomplishment. That's
0: right. And the, the backdrop for this is that Hannah's dad in, in his one-on-one with Jed is pressing Jed on financial viability. Like, are you going to be able to provide for my daughter and for your family? And Jed initially says, I just want to have as many facets of income and backup plans as I can.
1: I don't know what that means. Which, yeah, that that doesn't – those are just words that you read on like a –
0: Like does that mean he's willing to do something other than music if music doesn't work out? Or does that mean that he's always going to be be pursuing music no matter what but will supplement as needed? How is he supplementing? How much is he sharing about how he's supplementing? let's
1: get to his most major accomplishment.
0: Most major accomplishment. So dad presses him, you know, to explain not only his career but his plan for his career – And here's Jez's quote in full. Don't worry, Pops. At this point, my most major accomplishment is that I signed a deal with a dog food company. I've already written, like, their jingle, and that's been, like, my first real breakthrough. I was like, oh, this is the start of something. Now. He doesn't
1: frame it like it's the start of something, though. He frames it like, don't worry, guys. I got this.
0: This is a. astonishing stuff. This is an astonishing moment in television history. I want to go back to what you were saying a second ago about being a creator because I actually think it is is really important to say this out loud and to to tell people that we mean this sincerely. There is nothing wrong with pursuing your passions. That's amazing. We, We work at a place that's built on passion and obsession. Jed is passionate about this. That is great. And for most people, I think we would support it. There's something so phony about the way that he presents it, and that's why. Like, I think it's really telling. If a lot of other people said that, we would be like, "Wow. That's actually really cool. You got a gig. It's like it's like marvelous, Mrs. Mazel. You got to get the first gig wherever you can, right? To work your way up to Midtown. Like that's part of life. That's fine. That's admirable, actually." But Jed always just presents everything like the world owes him something, and I find that so repellent, and I think a lot of other people feel that feel that way too. The other thing is, like we love animals. Couple animal lovers here dog food? Amazing. Feed your pets. Nurture them. Make sure the ingredients are fresh and healthy. That's wonderful. But the way that he said it, it's just—
1: And then, <laughs> then the dad summarizes it well when he talks to Hannah. He says, well, he seemed very proud of the dog food song.
0: <laughs> that was, I think, arguably an even better moment than Jed's initial reveal because— the look on Hannah's dad's face when Jed sent this to him was so tremendous that we've already converted it into an emoji for ringer slack. Just that, that snapshot of it's his face. It's the face
1: of pure disappointment. It's the face of it's like It's
0: befuddlement.
1: It's the face of like, yeah, I'm confused why you think this would help. And that's the way it is. Like, why would he say it in this way in in an attempt to impress and not like It was so strange. It was...
0: One of the things that clearly concerns her family and people in general about Jed is that he doesn't seem to have a strong grasp on reality, right? And I think uh, the way that he presented this (laughs) forced you to think about that. Also, like... The start of something, again, yes, by the very definition and nature of time being linear, doing something is always the start of something because Mm -hmm. it comes before whatever you do next. That's true. And again, I think with most people, we would be willing to say, you're working for it. You're trying to realize your dream. That's awesome. That's certainly how Hannah is thinking about it because she talks about how— they're both dreamers. This comes later. What we have now is Jed saying to the camera, I feel a little confused. And then it seemed like they were mainly concerned about the financial aspect of our relationship. Here's why I find this fascinating. He resents the fact that her family is obsessing over his music career when that is the all only thing talks that he is about, focused
1: on. It's all he ever talks about. Of course they're...
0: Right. So again, we're not... Well, we are making fun of the dog food thing, but not, not purely because it's a dog food thing. It's because... He just wants everything to happen on his own terms, and that's really alienating. It really sincerely is. He says they don't think I'm adequate or something. Again, I think that's a line where if most people on the show said that, it would be pretty heart-wrenching. You would really feel bad. We are empathetic people by nature. When someone says that, you're supp- your instinct is supposed to be to feel bad for that person. That's not what happened when you heard Jed say that, is it?
1: No. <laughs> that's it's-
0: fascinating.
1: You're sort of in your head like— Yeah, you know, (laughs) they they nailed it.
0: Right. And then just like we kind of can't help but be candid about how we feel about Jed, Hannah's family couldn't either. And so we get this moment with her dad, this tremendous moment where he says, while he's explaining that he doesn't think basically Jed knows how to express himself concisely or at all, he says – he was very proud of the dog food jingle that he did. And Hannah can't really reply. She doesn't have a comeback for that.
1: I, I get the sense she hadn't heard about the dog food jingle yet. Do you I think get, that's true? I get the sense that, like, she had just been like, oh, it's time for me to play my guitar in our hotel room. It's time for me to play the piano for you. And mm. he was never like, well, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty accomplished because of the dog food jingle, which is what he said to the dad. Interesting. He, I don't think he ever framed it that way to her.
0: I, that's that's interesting. I I perceived it as she knew about it. He had also expressed his pride to her and that, again, because her disposition, her predisposition here is to say, Jed and I have something in common, which is that we both want to pursue our passion and pursue our dreams. She found it charming and winning because she doesn't see the side of him that everyone else finds so alienating. Also, when you tell Hannah that
1: someone sucks, which is what happened to her all season with Luke. She doubles down. she, She doubles down. Yeah. And I'm, a little bit worried. That's what's happening with Jetty Boy here.
0: Do you think another mm. thought experiment here? If Luke had not been around at all, or for as long as he had been, that Hannah would have had clarity sooner about who Jed is, because yeah, other because people would have been focusing on him.
1: Jed, Jed is, you know, accepting like the early season guys. Jed is pretty obviously the next worst person there, right. but in comparison to Luke, he's
0: like a yeah,
1: he's a he's a gem. fine, yeah. yeah, yeah a gem.
0: He's, okay, so. The internet exists for moments like last night, where Jed mentions that he has a
1: dog food, a dog and food jingle that it's you his find most major accomplishment.
0: <laughs> internet to the rescue! This is for a company called Better Bowl. First, Dylan Burkey sends it to us. It's the YouTube link, which is two lines. You want to sing it? You've been seeing it all morning. Sing it with me. Come on, get in on it with
1: me. No, I'm not being paid by Better Bowl right now
0: dog really does deserve the best. Go pick him up some Better Bowl. Kind of love like nothing you've seen before. I know Better Bowl must be loving this free advertising. Entered last night's live finale, I believe, with 11 Twitter followers, just a, a real riser of the night. The second line is The dog really deserve does deserve the best. Go pick him up some Better Bowl. Then we got a longer version.
1: You, you've, you know the lyrics to the longer version too, I'm assuming.
0: Tweeted out by Better Bowl itself. Someone on the Better Bowl social team knows how to capitalize on a moment. Hashtag Jed Wyatt in the tweet. Own that social SEO. I respect it. This it's is like same. Chris Harrison
1: bringing the table in.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's the same jingle except there's one extra line, the new opening line in this cute little shot of a, a puppy waiting by the front door is you get home and know who's been waiting, wagging by the door. So now, we have a lot to break down here.
1: So I here's my... First of all, Jed's not great at singing. We've heard that. We've if you've listened to his songs on YouTube, right. if you've listened to Mr. Right, <laughs> okay. and then he tries to hit the high notes. He's not good at the high notes. Yeah, he's not good at he. He's not a he's not a charismatic singer. That's another thing. To become a professional musician, you have to be somewhat charismatic personally. Right. So the fact that he clearly to be sucks for the whole season kind of tells us that he's not going to be a successful musician.
0: Well he he is brooding though. That can work sometimes. I do not believe that Jen has a musical future but I'm just saying if he leaned into the He's got a great future a of recording
1: bit. cameos for people.
0: That's true. I'm really struck by the fact that rain or shine, kind of love like nothing you've seen before.
1: He wrote that knowing he was going on the Bachelor. Th- huh? This is a
0: love song, not a dog food jingle. That that's like the same kind of vibe as Mr. Right, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, and it's <gasps> it it does not seem to necessarily be the relationship. That he has with Hannah, where in fact, there is rain <laughs> and there is shine. And sometimes he gets upset about things and does not like the way that things are going.
0: Well, I suppose it's a matter of perspective. Kind of love like nothing you've seen before. Mm,
1: that's fair. It's yeah, true we, in
0: some ways. We, I we haven't
1: she, seen a love like this on The Bachelor before. He and
0: Betterball are framing it as a positive, but you can perceive it any way you want. It's Your th- other issue with this is that it's not catchy.
1: The thing about a jingle is it must be catchy. and must A jingle must... Even if it doesn't, if you, even if you don't like the one eight hundred cards for kids song, you know about one eight hundred cards for
0: kids. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Do you think that right here, right now, we could write a better jingle, just a line or two, like something that's catchy, something that conveys that this is actually about dog food and not? And I want to be clear. I think the love that you have with an animal is an everlasting love, but that this is not dating show everlasting love. Give me your, give me your best. It your also, best it
1: also sounded very much like his other songs. Yes,
0: oh, <laughs> which he, is kind he of literally a- has one note.
1: He's, he, trying, he's, he's trying
0: to play the kibbles and hits, but it's not working. Roger. Oh my god, kibbles
1: and hits! She nailed it. That was good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Give me your jingle. Let's hear it. This is organic right now. We're just workshopping it. It's like we're in the studio. That one time, like Hannah and Jed were in the studio and they wrote a love song about something in the stars. Remember? Right now, let's do it. Except, right. You know,
1: he definitely had written that before. I keep getting mad. If he keeps on saying that he's writing a song on the spot, and he very obviously is, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs>
1: she's she's going for it.
0: Rain and shine. Okay, so. I got it. Are you ready? If he's big, make him small. If he's small, get him swole. Pick him up some better bull.
1: It doesn't have a. I think you missed the song part of it.
0: I, I, unlike Jed, do not pretend to be a musician.
1: Give your dog some Purina. She'll be the happiest you've ever seen her.
0: That's a different brand, but it okay, was Okay, but we are wonderful.
1: Better Bowl is not paying me. Better Bowl, if you want to send me dog food, <laughs> I'll write a better jingle. Laz and Tato can grow up big and strong because oh, of man. you guys.
0: All right, we're, we're, we're going to keep workshopping it from here. We'll see where we land. I feel like we're onto something here. The question is.
1: Are we better at doing a jingle than Jed and I feel like my Purina song just that, was that catchy?
0: It was. It was. To
1: be the happiest you've ever seen. I like what you're doing with your voice there. I'm a great singer. Are you? I'm better than, no, I'm not. I'm terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like on the Jed scale?
1: That's the thing. The thing is, Jed is not, is like actively Yes, it's tough. Yeah, so like it's a tough look and th- Do you
0: think that I would be
1: Maybe his way of getting into it is songwriting because that's like you don't have to sing for that. But he demanded on singing the Better Bowl jingle. He did. Where they could have probably found someone else to do it and uh, Good for he, good he,
0: for him for He
1: very much wants to be an upfront person. Cash that
0: check. Do you think that he can write a cat food jingle? Do you know that Halo's cat my cat Halo that his cat food brand is Halo? Isn't that wow. wild? Wow. Good yeah.
1: job. Um, I mean, I don't really think you actually have to know anything about pets to write a proper pet food jingle. You just have to say you love your pet. It has to be catchy, which the Better Bowl song (laughs) isn't. (laughs) How does it end? It goes like you know your dog deserves the best, and he really, dog really sells does the, best. the
0: best. He sells so the best so hard
1: on the song. I don't remember how they give him some better bowl park goes. I just remember that he hits the best so hard. Bowl. The thing is, he's trying to he's trying to sell himself on the jingle, yeah. much like he is trying to sell himself on this season of The Bachelorette, where he does not truly love Hannah. Moving on to the important thing, which is that tonight there's a very big decision to be made. And
0: we have a lot to get to before that, though, even though we're really long, because we haven't talked about Hannah and Jed talking about how poorly things went. Yes. Which was was fascinating. We have to we have to remember that Jed's family also did not like Hannah, right? That 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 was hard. Every
1: single interaction with Jed has gone badly. The family went badly.
0: Clearly, they were not into the entire thing. Now, Hannah's family is not into it. When Hannah asks her mom what she thinks of Jed, her first response is, he has qualities.
1: He, he has qualities. qualities. That's true. That's that is definitely classic, true. if
0: you don't have anything nice to say, kind of like hedging.
1: He has qualities. I'll she, give him that.
0: She's worried about his lifestyle, about...
1: Playing in bars until the, all hours right. of the night. Late night
0: at bars. But then she also says, and this is a this is a moment that we had seen in trailers, that she wants someone, quote, who will love you like I know you should be loved. I thought that was interesting because that didn't seem to me like it was about money. That didn't seem to me like it was about financial security. That seemed like they were getting another whiff of something they didn't like from Jed. And the edit just didn't focus on that. So I think there was a lot that they didn't like about him, right? Yes. Clearly does not sit well with Hannah. She I agree. says, This is not about anything else but me, but now I'm freaking out. I, I do want to say that when her dad was explaining to Hannah how much he didn't like Jed saying, beat around the bush a little bit, but I think that's kind of his personality to overexplain things, which again is just a savage dig. And then he gets to the dog food line.
1: He seems very proud of it.
0: I was not personally a fan of her dad's stance on the man needing to be the provider yeah, in but- a family. And Hannah was not a fan of it either. And I think it was a good a good thing that she stood up for herself in that moment and said, I can be the earner. I can be the provider. I don't need someone to take care of me.
1: I'm very happy roasting his career without making it into like a patriarchal thing
0: but we did sort of veer into that which which was unfortunate which
1: yeah i didn't like that
0: clearly in general they just did not like jed and her dad says i don't want you to settle for anything which again is is very notable at this point hannah is concerned which indicates clearly that jed is her her favorite like you don't respond that way if you're not leaning toward picking him. Everything that she said from that point in the episode onward about how nervous she was, how she didn't want to make the wrong choice indicated that the things that her family said to her about Jed forced her to think about the fact that the person she wants to be with maybe isn't the right one. I read that as a clear Jed is the front runner. I, indicator.
1: there are so many indicators yes. that she's going towards Jed. Yes. I mean, first of all, just the way they've responded to all the girlfriend stuff mm-hmm. is like, they're like, wait and see for yourself, which right. is not what you say if the guy is trash.
0: Correct. You're right. So then we get the the next date with them. That's just the two of them. They are on.
1: They're on a very rocky boat, rain or shine.
0: Symbolic choppy waters, Roger. Here are a few of the lines we get about the choppy waters in one of the best instances of meta commentary in Bachelor history. Hannah says, is this really rocky or is it just me? Indeed. Jed, this is incredible. This guy has no self-awareness, says, I see some treachery up ahead. I see some treacherous seas. Do you see your girlfriend out in the water? Is that what you're looking at? And then Hannah says, I don't know if I like all these rocky waters. And then um, literally vomits on her date with Jed.
1: Can we point out also that when beautiful, handsome, muscular Tyler... Yeah. Took Hannah on a boat related date. She did not vomit. There were perfect seas. (laughs) They they had a wonderful time. Uh, Tyler is a much better captain. Jed was
0: not even piloting this boat. He was trying to like I couldn't tell if he was trying to hold her steady or to lift her. Or to help her vomit into the ocean. That was confusing. You're right. Tyler can also control the weather in addition to everything else that we did in previous that we've learned about him.
1: Zeus esque.
0: In classic Jed fashion.
1: Just FYI. (sighs) I know. Oh, no, wait. Zeus was Peter. Sorry, I got the whole mythology messed up.
0: Tyler's everyone. In classic fashion, Jed makes it all about him by saying that Hannah's dad's lack of faith in him and his career, again, this is a person he's known for 14 minutes, hurt him. It's not like I only know how to do music, you know? Well, no, Jed, we don't know because (laughs) Because music is literally the only thing you've talked about the entire time you've been on the show. What else can Jed do? We don't know. He just, the
1: amount of times where he has sang to her Leads me to believe that there's no more there, right? Than that, and yes. yet there's no depth that he, we've seen. And it also once again brings me back to the premise that he just wants people to hear him sing. Which, I mean, how can you avoid that? You know you you hate yeah. to you hate to fall into the traps that the bachelor sets for you with the edits, right? But like, also this guy, this it's it's kind of. Clear that this is this is a guy who wants people to hear him sing, and how else do you sing to 20 million people, you know?
0: Okay, so that's one of the things I wanted to ask you before we we switch to quickly previewing night two. Is there a single part of you that believes that Jed really is in love with Hannah and wants to be with her? Because he he did spend a little bit of time in the evening portion of their date when they're back in his room, not only expressing his anxiety and his vulnerability, but making really one of his first and only efforts of the season so far to attempt to express something resembling sincerity. I think I have enough hedges in there. He says, I would have loved you. I don't care where you would be on this planet. If I had met you outside of this anywhere, this is when she says, do you basically just think that this is just about this? He says, I want more than anything to take care of you. I want to be there for you through thick and thin Ring I feel shine. like with you I feel like I could do anything. I feel like forever with you is I've never had it make sense with anyone seriously. I've never even considered it. Do you believe that? Again, do you think it, Jed believes that.
1: Again, that's like the same speech he gives the dog wagging its tail at the door <laughs> in the Better Bowl commercial. Oh. But um I I wouldn't be I mean she's a very attractive person. Yeah. She, he It's not
0: it's no not a commentary on Hannah. Yeah, it's a, it's a question about whether he, think you think would, Jed is sincere. I are any of the things he's professing genuine?
1: I suspect he wants to be with her, and also knows that being with her would be the best thing possible for his like goals in life of being a musician. Right? Like it's it's a mutual thing. He like winning this show, being with her, you know, moving up from Better Bowl to other
0: mm-hmm.
1: other Instagram opportunities. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah, the life of an influencer awaits yeah. him.
1: and uh, I, I, there's, it's, it's not a hundred percent. Is is the key. Even if there is a part of him, it's not a hundred percent.
0: I'll be curious to see if that changes at all tonight. So let's let's look ahead. The. Chris Harrison TRT in the pre-taped, the grease portion was uh, a, thanks, thanks to Kaya for looking this up for us, for calculating it. A robust 16 seconds. Obviously we got a lot of Chris in studio at yeah. the live show. We will again tonight. He, he seems, did his job
1: on the live show.
0: He seems ready to experience the drama with us. As he's told us many times, even he doesn't know, Roger, even he doesn't know what's happening. I think there are two ways to look to at mean? that. Okay. Uh, glad you asked. There is what the edit indicates is going to happen, and then there is what logic and decency demand. Logic, sense, decency, the heart, the eyes, the soul, all of it, we're on the same page. We are united with each other and with the rest of the world. Kind of has to pick Tyler.
1: She must. And it it's is like, the only
0: choice that makes sense.
1: It's like one of these things where, like, I claim that I watch The Bachelorette because it's funny and, like, because dumb stuff happens and guys will throw baloney at each other mm-hmm. and there'll yeah. be stupid fights. Garrett. Um, Like, and I pretend that that's that like I'm just here to see them go on stupid dates and like haha this is all funny but right now I'm like locked in like if yeah. she does not choose Tyler I will You're be, be upset. Furious. I right. cannot remember a situation where it was this start the only thing that came to mind was if you remember when there was Jordan mm-hmm. and Robbie who yes. sucked yes like just every part about Robbie sucked and everything about Jordan like seemed good
0: mm-hmm.
1: um if she like. If she picks Jed, that would be the worst decision in Bachelor or Bachelorette history.
0: It's hard to think of too many other things that would even be in the running. And again, part of that is colored by what we we know about Jed's life outside of the show, but we are not we're at the point where we can't separate that. I'm I'm glad you mentioned Jojo and Jordan, because that gets to the second way that we can look ahead, which is what the edit indicates. Mm. Okay, that's where we get back to Chris Harrison, that's where we get to the family visits, etc. JoJo Jordan was a a kind of like quintessential bachelor example of, it seemed at least, editing the family visits in a way to try to introduce suspense there where there was none, right? Let's have her family just clearly fall in love with Robbie and express some concerns about Jordan so that we can— Try to dupe the audience for a moment longer than anybody really believes into thinking that there's some suspense here. It was Jordan from the beginning.
1: It truly seemed so miserable. The 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 jet experience seemed so miserable that it didn't seem like an edit. That's like-
0: right. That's the thing. That was what was so uncommon. It's like it's a bachelor staple to edit the winner's family visit in a way that makes you doubt the outcome. It did not seem like that's what happened here. It seemed like this that was very sincere to the point where we hear Hannah express it not only to Jed, but to us, right? The family didn't like him. That's uncommon.
1: There was no there was no there were like no smiles. There yeah. was no happiness. There was everything. Jed just sucks the joy and the life out of situations and he makes them worse. And he's dying. it's it's truly really <laughs> alarming me how upset I am. I about
0: love how this. mad you. I love it. I think it's great. So normally a family visit like that would seem like a clear indicator that Jed was going to win because that's a that's a, that's a a trick in the bag. But in this case, I don't know that we can read into it that much.
1: I'm getting strong Jed's going to win vibes. I think there
0: are a couple other things, though, that seemed pretty unambiguous. One, Chris Harrison opens the episode by saying that even he doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow night. Now, as you noted, he literally does know what's going to happen in, in Greece. Greece. That's everyone in The Bachelor family who makes the show knows what the outcome is, knows who Hannah picks. So that statement, let me know if you think there's a different way to interpret this. To me, played clearly as there's fallout coming. Now, will Hannah grill Jed regardless of whether she ends up with him? Sure, I guess. But- if she doesn't pick him, it just flat out is not as big of a deal, all of the girlfriend stuff. So that comment from Chris Harrison indicated the, p- the potential for some sort of change from how things end in Greece, I thought. Is that how you perceived it?
1: Like, so I think the scenario that seems likely or is uh, she picks Jed, a monstrous, awful decision <laughs> that will go down in history. Right. And – um. Then tonight is the night where she confronts him about all the stuff that's developed and broken since the show ended. Right. And there'll be, like, a scene where they show her finding out about stuff, and Mm -hmm. now it's her time to answer questions. And they keep saying, there are questions that I need to be answered.
0: This is the other thing.
1: So are they going to bring him out on stage and grill him about all that stuff? And here's the other question. Could they do that with Tyler winning? Could Tyler win and then— Hannah gets her chance to say, Hey, Jed, were you a lying piece of garbage? Who? It's, a lying piece of dog food? To, <laughs> were like, you the
0: worst bull, Jed? Yeah, yes. It's definitely possible. I mean, it could still go either way, but I think that Chris Harrison thing and As you noted, a lot of these social media vibes, like Tyler is incredibly active on social, really clearly out there living his life. Jed has been very much in the shadows, maybe just because of the scandal and he can't address it until he's off the show. But the way that the episode ended was Hannah asking for a moment to address the audience directly and saying, quote, I know there are a lot of rumors out there and honestly, tomorrow night, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have a lot of questions that need to be answered. So I hope I'll be able to... To do that. Now, unambiguously, that is about Jed's girlfriend. There's nothing else that that could mean, I don't think. But I was watching that, and I was like, they just gave away the end of the show. Because do I hope she picks Tyler? Yes. Is it still possible? Sure. You don't say that if you didn't pick Jed. You only say that if you pick him, I think, right? Right? I think we're going to get the outcome in the first, like, 20 or 30 minutes of the show. That's all the the footage we're going to see. And then the rest of it is going to be fallout.
1: And then, like, she'll pick Jed in the first 20 minutes. I'll immediately go to the airport, board a plane to Alabama to yell at random people in Alabama on the street about how their state has disappointed me.
0: This is the other thing. The flip side of that tea leaf reading is that if the showrunners, if the producers were confident, let's say she does pick Jed. If they were confident that she was going to break it off with him. And try to get back with Tyler or Peter or who knows, we would have gotten a different edit. Yeah, we, we would w- have gotten the Ari Becca edit. We would where have that gotten, was all night yeah. too.
1: We like it feels like if it wasn't Jed, they would have been so much more critical of Jed this entire time. Yeah, and they haven't been. They've they've kept saying, you know, wait and see. We're confident in what's happening. Like this concerning. Is, you need to troubling. You need to trust us that, that worrying. Truly, <laughs>
0: Morning, truly upsetting. Roger.
1: We're sitting here.
0: Oh. It's upsetting.
1: If you want to feed your puppy well, and you don't want the poop to smell, oh, give them some better bowl.
0: I feel like that's that goes beyond... You can't puffery, promise that they're... Yeah, into just a lie that you'd get sued for. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's just misleading advertising. I just rhymed... <laughs> It was compelling as art.
1: The thing is, I got the hooks, and Jed doesn't.
0: It's true. You're right.
1: I got the hooks. I got the pipes, and Jed is out there with boring, weak ass garbage that's winning Hannah over (laughs) instead of Tyler's perfect. We also haven't mentioned how perfect Tyler is in a good twenty minutes.
0: I know, unbelievable restraint and discipline on our parts. That brings us to the end of our journey. Hopefully, it's not the end of Tyler's journey.
1: <sighs> there, I think that I know there's got to be more Tyler out there. Yeah, if he doesn't win tonight, I'm telling you. He
0: will be in our lives in if some way. he doesn't win I have tonight. No doubt.
1: I mean, first of all, like, he's making the world a better place. It's true. In general, like his Twitter feed is just a source of joy. He's like working for charities. It's he's wonderful. making people happy every day. And he's got to be the next Bachelor if he loses. Like, I'm sorry to Peter. I'm sorry to Mike. But <laughs> Tyler is too beloved by everyone. to le- They can't let him go.
0: He's very special. We have more Tyler coming to our screens tonight for part two of the most dramatic finale Shortly ever, Roger. Shortly ever. Thank you to you. Thank you to everyone who joined us, who listened and watched today. Thank you to our sponsor, Cape Line. And to Better Bowl. And to Better Bowl. <laughs> Please return to the ringer tomorrow for Bachelor Party on night two with the Father himself, Bill Simmons. Share your anger if Jed wins. Or joy,
1: or joy. He could be happy.
0: Share your anger if, Tyler wins cuz it means he can't be the bachelor. There's probably going to be something to be mad about no matter what. We'll get through it all together. In the meantime, pick him up some better bowl, won't you?
1: They're not paying us. They're <laughs> paid dead, not us. <laughs>